Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, and I are ready to preview the 2021-2022 season with you. And our first victim is the lowly Pacific Division. Justin, I feel like, for some reason, I feel like this is like, this is season five for us, right? Is it season Isn't five? Is it really? Or four? Oh my God. I, I would I we would started, probably guess season four, but we started twenty seventeen, eighteen. So twenty seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. This is season number five, man. Dude. This is it right here. Season five. I mean, Congrats think about the you. think about the T V shows that make it to season five. Like those are some usually some good shows. I mean, when it comes to T V shows, I feel like usually around season five is when you start to be like, I don't like the show that much anymore, but I have to keep watching because I've devoted so much of my life to this show. But I'm invested. <laughs> I hopefully our show is continually getting better. That's that's the hope. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we didn't we didn't peak after like episode 9. That would be sad. Episode 9. <laughs> I want to now I want to go back and listen to episode 9 and see how <laughs> see how much better it was than what we're doing now. Dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well I'll just say congratulations to you and to me and to us because we made it five years. That's a that's an achievement in the podcasting world. That's an achievement for pretty much anything in life. I don't know how many things I have done for five years. That's a good point. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually, uh, for those who don't know, I actually, my full-time regular job is just HR, right? So I was interviewing a candidate for a position at my company. And I, I always ask the question, just as like a curveball to get people thinking really, really quick. The first thing I ask them, because they're expecting a question like, oh, yeah, what are your skills? You know, how are you going to be awesome at this job? Sure, Whatever. Sure. And I say, tell me something about yourself that other people would be surprised to know. Hmm. And this guy busted out. He's just like, yeah, I used to uh, used to host a podcast. I'm like, great. Tell me about it. And it, it was a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. What uh, a nerd, yeah. But uh, it, I mean, good for him. And I was like, cool, yeah, what's your podcast name? And I was like totally into it, wanted to check it out. He's like, well, uh, we stopped doing it in 2019. We only did it for like two years. I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a bummer. And But he asked for ours, which was great. But nice. Yeah, and now that you think about it, you know, in retrospect, right, he only went two years, and I'm thinking we did, we were on five. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, starting our so. fifth year. Yeah, it's crazy. I think we just, I guess technically we've now been going for four years, but, you know, no, no end in sight. Season five, here we come. Season five, it's on. Okay, let's jump right into the Pacific Division. Let's just start with the team that uh, is, I guess, maybe somewhat easier to to uh, kind of speculate about where they're going this year. The Anaheim Ducks, a team that finished, you know, obviously outside the playoffs. They they haven't been in the playoffs in uh in recent years and the ducks are in a place where they are likely rebuilding even though they do bring back their captain uh ryan gets for another year and you know they're kind of in this position where it's almost like a holding pat- pattern you're you're hoping that your younger guys are able to come in and make an impact but do the ducks really want to be good make the playoffs here uh that might be there's the question. Like, are they trying to win or are they just trying to be, you know, that team that finishes somewhere between 24 and 32? Cause that's sure the way that it looks. Yeah. You're not kidding. I mean, I, gosh, I can't remember. I think it was Jay fresh. Uh, he's, uh, on Twitter anyways, but he does all the, the wins above replacement percentages. The, these infographics I love looking at. Yes. They're uh, great. Really breaks them down. Yeah. 
Anyways, he, he was projecting out points, and I think he had Anaheim second, if not third worst, in the NHL to finish the season. Uh, obviously, ahead of Buffalo and right in the thick of things with L.A. and Detroit, I believe. But still, I, I, I mean, this yes, you're right. This team is definitely in a rebuild window. Um, obviously, you know, holding out of Ryan Getzlaff. I'm not sure why he didn't want to – I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, he has his cup. He He's probably good. is – he settled in there to, you know, Anaheim with his family, I'm sure. And at this point in his career, is just like, yeah, I don't really need to go anywhere well, else and try to win it. I, so. I also understand with like, with the way that the, you know, with COVID and stuff being like, why now's like the worst time to move sure <laughs> to, yeah. a, to a new city. <laughs> like it's one thing if you're like, eh, we're trying to get out of the city and move out into the country. Like I just did six months ago where you're trying to almost like escape some of the, some of the madness because you know, the people out here don't care nearly as much about it. So, uh, it's a little bit different. Whereas, I mean, what's he going to like, where's he going to go to escape it? Nowhere. You might as well just stay where it's familiar. And I mean, what are we, we looking at him going, maybe he has like another year after this if he wants to, or maybe he goes, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to getting traded to somebody at the deadline and just kind of, going taking a shot in another cup i would sure i would get traded to vegas i mean yeah and i mean why wouldn't you right i and again you know what i think he's he's definitely got the potential to be a good deadline acquisition piece for for a number of teams um you know i'm I'm excited for him this year that at least he came back another year because he's only 18 points away of breaking a thousand points for his nhl career so Hopefully that's in the back of his head or, you know, doesn't jinx himself. And Yeah, nobody you know. wants to get stuck on 99, like Madonna. Right. <laughs> 99, anything 99, it just feels weird. Like, just come feels on, weird. really, you couldn't have played one more game? No, not if Mike Babcock benches you. So, gets laugh will be fine <laughs> as long as they don't hire Babcock. Uh, you know, I, th- I think really when I look at the Ducks, you know, we talk about gets laugh being a free agent, but the, the Ducks really do have some high-end players that are about to become unrestricted free agents at the end of this season. You've got Ricard Raquel up front. Every team's looking for a guy like Ricard Raquel. He's not expensive. 3.7, million dollar cap hit. Uh, I don't know where that number came from, but Ricard Raquel, you know, what team doesn't want to add somebody who's pretty much every year a guaranteed, you know, like if we're in a full season, he's like a 50 point guy. He's a 20 goal scorer at least. And he can, you can really play him up and down your lineup and he's going to score no matter where he is. And, uh, and, and he's, you know, he can fit under the cap. And so I think he's, uh, there's no way he's not gone at some point in the season. In my mind, uh, I, Anaheim's going to recoup, try to recoup some assets here as, as they head into this season. I think they give Ricard Raquel every opportunity to show that he's still a very valuable player on, on any team that he will be. He's going to get first line minutes, like top six minutes and uh, he'll probably run with it. And it's a contract year. And maybe you, maybe you see Ricard Raquel go out and have a career year. Uh, Maybe not, maybe like he had 69 points in 77 games in 17, 18 with 34 goals. That's a pretty great year. Uh, but in terms of what he's been able to do the last three seasons, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a player who's gonna be motivated to go make some money. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I think you know easily a third round pick in return for him if they do deal him at the deadline. If and probably a little bit more depending oh, I, on how season goes. Yeah, definitely, probably at least a second round pick because especially because he's so cheap. 
teams aren't going to have to give up. You know, nobody's going to have to to do a little three way trade where they have to give up a fifth round pick to have somebody snag a million bucks. Like it's not going to be an issue because he's so inexpensive. Yeah, and then on the back end, when you when you talk about free agents, yeah. you know, I mean. Josh Hampus, Lindholm, Josh Manson. These are two top four defensemen that are not only Josh Manson's a right-handed shot too, but he's such a leader in that locker room that he's going to leave a huge void on that back end uh, when inevitably I think both these guys are probably going to walk out the door. Um, I'm not sure, you know, Josh Manson at, you know, knocking on the door 30 years old. I'm not sure if he wants to hang around for a rebuild for another four years. He does have a, team. he does have a, a no trade clause where he, but he just submits a 12 team, no trade. So kind of no big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They can still find wiggle room for him there. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, obviously nothing to hinder the team from moving him. Uh, still a fantastic puck moving defenseman. And, you know, at 5 million bucks, I think, I think teams can find a way to wiggle it. And if, let me just say this. If Tampa Bay can find a way to get Denny Savard on their roster, any team can get Hampus Lindholm's contract on there. Very true. Yes, David Savard. Not Den- Denny Savard was Den- sorry, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little, little water bug guy doing spinoramas in the 90s. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Hampus Lindholm, you're essentially, you know, it wasn't, this guy's not too far removed, maybe a season or two where, I mean, people were taught he's a number one defenseman. Uh, last year, he's hurt basically all year like he only played 18 games last year so you know it's it's hard to tell maybe where he's coming in but you my guess is the ducks are going to be you know they're they're going to be giving manson lindholm raquel they're going to be giving these guys opportunities to show what they're worth because it will pay dividends for the ducks as the season goes along and maybe you even see one of these guys being dealt long before the the draft or the uh the deadline because they can get more. Uh, the thing on the defensive side though, is they really don't have many NHL defensemen. Like they, at this point on, on cap friendly, they've got five defensemen uh, that are, that are currently signed. And then, you know, you look up and down their their minor league roster. And I mean, what do you want? Like Greg Paterin to come up and be your sixth defenseman. <laughs> that doesn't sound great. I mean, Jamie Drysdale, I know that everyone's hoping that he'll uh he'll make the jump, but the guy's 19 years old and probably not quite ready to play big minutes in the NHL. You know, these are their sixth overall pick in the 2020 draft. You probably are assuming that they don't want to have him like rotting up with a really bad team playing third pairing to minutes you know that's that's not what you want so chances are drysdale plays most of the year in the minors and that's probably you know that's probably the ducks biggest concern at this point is going to be who can they get they they need to actually be able to ice an nhl roster and you can't do that if you were to ditch both lindholm and manson let alone one of them at this point they probably need to go out sign people or have some lower ledge defenseman coming back in return just so that they have a semblance of an NHL team. They have to look like they're sort of trying, I guess. Right. And that's the thing. If they, if they do move one of these two guys and if not both of them, there's definitely going to be some salary coming back. And I, I reckon it's probably going to be, you know, that million dollar, you know, base salary for 
just a, a number six, number seven defenseman that they have on their roster that maybe this a contending team doesn't really care about losing. Right. Uh, to bring in a guy like that for sure. They do. They do have plenty of cap space. So th- there's there's players that are still out there unsigned at this point, and you know those guys are going to go for probably somewhere close to like a league minimum kind of deal. And uh, I mean, it's hard to believe the guys that are still. UFAs that are out there right now. Um, I mean, you'd think that somebody would be like, "Yeah, let's take a flyer on Zach Parisi." Like, why well, not? I mean, right? let's let's be honest. I rumor came out he confirmed that uh, he has signed a deal with the Islanders. Oh, I didn't but, actually uh, see that. Where yeah, was I? But they just haven't filed it yet. It's so. it's all those uh, yeah, all those all those deals that they just signed like in one right. day. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. Where I and I actually heard uh, I think they already they have a bunch of these deals signed they're just not announcing them kind of thing so I mean but you see I mean still you've got Travis Zajac Ryan Donato Tyler Bozak still out there Bobby Ryan who was having a nice year with Detroit uh, Eric Stahl who you know as as much as uh, his faults are he can if he's signed for cheap he could definitely be a, a good presence on a fourth line. Alex Gelchenyuk played well with the Leafs and moved up and down the lineup. He was all right. Like there, there's still some decent talent out there. Uh, Tyler Ennis. I mean, there's Franz Nielsen bought out by Detroit. I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to give him too much, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where some of these uh, lower level free agents, but guys who fill in te- fill in rosters. It's almost like they're nobody's trying to fill their roster in. I mean, you've got David Backus just kind of hanging out out there. I, I, I know that he, uh, he's been garbage, but you never know what, uh, what team will bring back a player like that. Who knows? Uh, David, or uh, I, I didn't mean David Backus. Who am I thinking of? Maybe David, Joe Thornton. <laughs> maybe that's him. Yeah. I don't know where my brain just went, but yeah, David I mean, Backus is, isn't playing anymore. I don't think, I think he's probably, He's probably good and gone, right? He's play, he played yeah. like 15 games last year. Yeah, something like that. I mean, listen, there's there's plenty of guys out there that I think teams are going to wait till they get to training camp, see what they got, and then they're going to pull the trigger. And I think of a few of these guys and say, hey, you know what? We don't have what we thought, or some of these guys just aren't ready, and so let's let's bring in some veteran guys here. Yep, yep. And uh, I mean, the, the guys who didn't get uh, didn't get some their qualifying offers that are relatively young, like a Mark Jankowski. He's 26 years old. Take a flyer on him. You know, you think there's there's somebody like uh, Michael Dal Cole. He's out there too. Uh, but anyways, there's there's players to be had and to fill out a roster if you know if if you need players who can sort of play still. Uh, all right, let's go to the L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings, I think, are we, like beyond. Well, yeah, beyond uh, maybe San Jose and Anaheim. I think this division is wide open. Like. Truly, I, I don't see San Jose making the playoffs. I don't see Anaheim making the playoffs. E, anyone else could make the playoffs in this division, in my mind. Uh, and LA is the team that has been rebuilding now for four years, and some of their their a lot of their key pieces have stuck around during this rebuild. And I it appears that they're ready to go. Right, like they signed Philip Deneau in the offseason. They trade for Victor Arvidsson. They are are. Doing what they need to do, they bring in Alexander Edler as a free agent. I mean, is this team poised to make a run at this in the Pacific? That's pretty weak. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. I think LA is primed to steal one of those top three spots. 
uh, in the Pacific. And you know what? I, I love the moves that they made during the offseason, mostly because uh, for me, I think Quinton Byfield, uh, Alex Turcotte, these these two perenni- these are going to be their their future number one and number two, you know, centermen down the middle. And I think you know by bringing in a guy like Philip Deneau, who's just such a good two-way player, and and they signed him for long term, maybe a little bit longer than I feel comfortable with, but long enough to where, you know, again, two or three years, they allow these guys to really mature and develop on that third line. They can play protected minutes, get some limited power play time. Uh, get the ability to maybe you know not have to face the top pairing defensive you know guys on the opposing yeah. team yeah and, that's and really huge. shine especially since you know this last season last season was a dumpster fire for younger players like right. in my mind just so hard to to develop well when everything's kind of crazy and up in the air and fortunately byfield able to play in the ahl last year and uh and and he he put up some decent numbers like twenty points in thirty two games, uh, in the World Juniors he was he was good and so I, you know in his six games with L A didn't make much of an impact he had a he had a one helper but uh, you got to expect coming into this year now with a normal off season they they've got their rookie camps and they you know they're they're having the normal routine of what a player coming into an organization would experience. I think you're going to see a much better return on Byfield this season. He's him and Turcotte are both likely going to make this team and it it's going to be fun. Like they're I think they're probably still on the outside looking in when all is said and done. But I think they're probably more like the Ottawa Senators uh this past season where kind of a rough start, you know, di- different points of the season where they just can't seem to win, but they they really find themselves by the end of the year. Their younger players have their role. They understand it, and they're 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 playing at the you know where they feel like they can be. And we kind of get a glimpse of what this team will look like in the future. Uh, unfortunately, I just I don't know if it's enough. However, I guess the biggest difference is you know, you've got some veterans up front. Now you mentioned Dino. You've got Kopitar and Dustin Brown and Victor Arvidsson and Alex Ayafalo. Decent top six forwards who, you know, if these younger guys just can't cut it, they they can at least hold their own. And uh, and I think defensively they'll be better having Edler up there. But ultimately that's probably their downfall is their back end. Just once you get beyond Drew Doughty, uh, there's, there's really no one that is going to, like, knock your socks off on this defensive core. And that that's probably just the the biggest downside for them. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately there's really not a lot of guys that are going to push the pace and uh, produce offensively for this team on the back end. I mean, yeah, they, they managed to lock up Matt Roy and Sean Walker for a few more years, but those guys aren't, like you said, guys that jump off the page, right? Uh, You know, Alexander Edler, he's fine, but I don't really see him much more than a four five defenseman for this team. Um, You know what? The biggest question mark for me though, is whether or not I think this team is going to, push for one of those playoff spots is going to have to come down to goaltending, right? Because obviously we talked about the defense, right? There's not a lot of guys that can push the needle as far as, you know, offensive, you know, pace goes. But, you know, when they are playing that defensive hockey and trying to, you know, play those low scoring two to one games and, uh, you know, chip in and get that extra goal, is Cal Peterson going to be the difference? You know, Jonathan Quick, he's been, in my opinion, you know, not good for the last three years. And so I don't expect much 
out of him, you know, this season at all. So does Cal Peterson play up to his potential as far as a potential number one A, one B goaltender and get that extension that maybe I think, you know, LA has been a little hesitant to to hand out right now? Or at some point does you know, does LA say, Hey, you know what, we gotta make a move, we gotta bring a guy in here to help us out. Um, you know, let's let's go sign somebody. I'm not really sure off the top of my head, maybe uh, yeah, who's available for there's, there's not but. much there's not much out there in terms of free agent goaltending and they've, they've mostly been snatched up but uh if cal peterson plays the way that he played for team usa in the world championships seven games 1.29 goals against and a 953 save percentage if he can get anywhere close to that then uh then we're talking then we're talking la in the playoffs but uh i think you know he had a decent year i mean a 911 save percentage is, is fine um, he's been good the last three years. I mean, really, he's been he's been as as good as anyone could you as, as anyone that you could ask for. I mean, over almost a nine two save percentage across the board over the la- his last fifty uh, something games. So uh, if he can keep playing like that, he's in good shape. But can LA score is going to be the other side of it. And you know, what kind of high danger chances are they giving up because their defensive core isn't as good and. Uh, they're not moving the puck as well. That that'll be the yeah. biggest question. And 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 he he played 35 games last year. That's the most he's ever played in the NHL. You know, can can he push that even further? Can Jonathan Quick stay healthy if he can't? Like, just so many questions. Yeah, and I think if Victor Arvidsson can get back close to his 30 goal pace, you know, with Deneau's two way ability to kind of shut down and and you know get rid of some of those scoring chances going the other way, I think you know this team could really. Really make a push. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I think Arvidsson's probably good for twenty, somewhere around between twenty and twenty-five. I think thirty might be pushing it now, um, but you never know. I mean, he's going to likely maybe he gets to play with Kopitar, and that's that's a, a definite game changer. You can also say, play versus him Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne and right. go to right. Kopitar. So. Right. <laughs> different different level of uh, of playmaking and talent overall, mostly because. And Kopitar actually can so he can sort of shoot the puck. Ryan Johansson, I don't think he ever learned how. Uh, <laughs> he just doesn't score. Uh, okay, so you, the, yeah, we'll we'll get back to our we'll we'll do playoff predictions at the very end. Um, what we actually think will happen. For now, let's let's move on to the San Jose Sharks. We'll make we'll make a quick mincemeat out of the San Jose Sharks because this team is already turning out to be a dumpster fire. Evander Kane is just uh, sounds like he uh he pro- he needs to figure out his life. That's that's he's what he's got to go. Yeah, yeah, all. it's not like yeah. nobody wants him there. He's he's a giant bag of douche is what I <laughs> get the sense of like literally no one wants him. And you know what? Nobody wanted him in Buffalo. Nobody wanted him in Winnipeg. Like people hate this guy. Nobody wanted him in Atlanta either. So, bye. Yeah, no, I mean, Atlanta didn't want Atlanta. They didn't want the Thrashers <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, I mean, Evander Kane is just, he, he needs, he probably needs, he needs some help. We'll, we'll say, we'll say that without, without like totally just ripping them apart like I just did a second ago. Like, he, he needs help. Um, and unfortunately, he was, he was their best player last year in terms of scoring. Uh, it's going to be hard to replace what really, for the Sharks, he's been a 30-plus goal scorer, you know, over the course of a full season. He definitely would score 30 goals every year, and he would put up 60 points. Good luck replacing that 
also came out today that Tomas Hurdle is going to see how it goes as far as staying with the Sharks uh, beyond this year. He actually it basically made it sound like he might not want to stay during the year at all. So he's going to see how it goes, and then he might you know, essentially re- demand, request a trade, and uh, and he'll be gone. So, like, this this whole thing is just kind of, it's falling apart. And, you know, when you when you look at this team, you kind of go, well, yeah, there's, they, they lost all their character. <laughs> like you, you lost your identity. You let, you know, Joe Thornton leaves and, and Joe Pavelski leaves Patrick Marlowe's gone. Like Patrick Marlowe, well, he was there last year, but he's not the Patrick Marlowe. Who's who, who's a good player. You know, he's, he's a third, fourth line player now. And um, sure. He can have some influence, but he's not out there playing. Like they just, this team really lacks the character. I think that you need to be a good team and, and a good franchise. And it just, you know, for whatever reason, this thing has kind of gone off the rails and, you know, who's to blame? It's Doug Wilson. Like this thing has gone on too long and uh, perhaps it's time that the sharks, you know, maybe find an option where Doug Wilson can move up in the organization and they can bring in some fresh eyes and not let Doug Wilson attempt another rebuild, retooling, as he called it 10 years ago. Uh, I, I just think, I, I don't think it's working. And and uh, the Sharks need to make some changes in my mind. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. And I think it, it starts with Tomas Hurdle, right? I think you need to jettison him to a team somewhere where he can he can go be successful and have an opportunity. I mean, in my opinion, I think Tomas Hurdle is one of the most underrated two-way forwards in the game. This guy has a oh, yeah. great defensive knack. Oh, who would you uh, rather you have, know. Tomas Hurdle or Philip Dino? Uh, I'd probably take Hurdle, to be quite honest. Yeah. yeah is just Dino is nothing. I mean, in my, I think he's he's just the like he's the new treat. Like, oh, he made it to the Stanley Cup final. Look what he did. Yeah, you know, he also scored two goals in the whole fight and like the whole playoffs. Not like, yeah. yes, he was shutting people down, but also he he wasn't really tipping the needle in any direction offensively. Whereas Hurdle absolutely knocks the needle towards uh, a productive player and somebody who's who can pull in teammates around him and make them better. Yeah, and at 27, he's still in his prime. I think this guy is more than capable of still being a 70 point player. On a on a halfway decent team, you know, you put him with a couple really good wingers, and I, I think he can push the needle towards a point of game right now the way he plays. And so, and especially because I think any team that trades for him is probably going to put him on a, a second line center position. I think they'll probably. I mean, honestly, I would I'd look right at Vegas and be like, this guy would be perfect to to center a line with Mark Stone and and Pacioretty. I think he could easily Ooh. put up a point per game with those guys. Yeah, and you want to talk about a, a defensive line? I mean, they would just they would shut everybody down. Yeah, I mean, the San Jose Sharks could just be Vegas's farm team. <laughs> send players up and down. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, San Jose Sharks. I, I think, and goaltending wise, they're uh, they have maybe the the two. I, I mean, Aiden Hill, you know, coming in from Arizona, he's he'll be okay. Um, James Reimer, he's a good guy. I, I guess for all the talk about uh, about lack of character, James Reimer's at, at least like he's one of the good guys, but he's also an aging backup goaltender. 
Uh, he's not going to have a huge impact on the ice. Um, hopefully he can have an impact on, uh, you know, on that goaltending tandem, give Aiden Hill some support and Aiden Hill turns out to be a really good goaltender. And that, that maybe could at least be some of the silver lining for the San Jose Sharks is if they find a, a decent goalie, because they have not had one in a long time since they bet the farm on Martin Jones and, uh, it worked for like a year and then it all fell apart. Uh, so yeah, San Jose Sharks, they'll be they, like, it's sad because they, they brought in all, they, you know, with Carlson and Burns and Vlasic was so hyped. They were so hyped and then it, it just never panned out. And now they're just stuck with those, those people like 11 yeah, and a half million not- dollars. That's not going to, that's not going away. Um, at least no. you can play on like Bobrovsky in Florida. You know, that's. I guess that that's like the next comp to me is you've got Bobrovsky and then probably the next worst contract at this point is Carlson. Oh boy. Okay. I mean, he's, he's barely a number three, number four defenseman making 11 and a half million bucks. You could get four half, four number four defensemen for what he's making. 3 million a year. Pretty much, you know, brutal. I love it though. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, who should we sneak over to? Um, oh boy. Let's let's, do, let's go Seattle. Okay, Seattle. Yeah, yes, Seattle. Yeah, let's do it. The brand new team. Uh, I've had quite a bit of time to to look at this team uh, since the expansion draft and the entry draft, and you know, I I gotta say, goaltending wise, they are they're definitely in the top ten. I'd say for for goaltending tandems, maybe that you know top top five might be pushing it, but uh, because. I think Grubauer is he's good, but he's he's been really good on let's see a team that won the Stanley Cup, and then Colorado a team that that could have won the Stanley Cup that were like one of the best teams in the league. Now let's go see how good he is on a team that well they're going to be you know they've got some nice pieces they certainly are not going to be the 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 cream of the crop. So let's see yeah. how well he can play in that situation. You hit it right. You hit the nail on the head right because I actually had that in bold letters on my show notes. I said never played for a bad team, right? So we're gonna we're gonna see what this guy's made out of because obviously, yes, you know what? He doesn't have to play, you know, sixty games a season because he's got a really freaking good backup goaltender. But um, shoot, it's it's gonna be sink or swim at this point because they've got nobody. I mean, they they drafted at the expansion to suck, to build, and to, you know, go at this thing long-term. They didn't expect to go in like Vegas and have immediate success. Yeah, so I mean, we'll they're going to they're, they're gonna have trouble scoring goals. That That's yeah. pretty clear. I mean, yeah, you got Mark Giordano, cool. Uh, nice name, name value. Um, Jamie Alexiak, he's tall. Uh, <laughs> Adam Larson, he he had maybe his best year, you know, playing for the Oilers last, last year, but... Uh, really struggled when he left New Jersey and went to Edmonton at first. So I wonder again, you know, does he, will he have those same struggles? Like, Hey, new city, new place. Uh, people don't change. You know, people are usually who they are. So, you know, if, if a new move and, and that kind of switch kind of throws him off, I don't know at the same time, at least he wasn't dealt for a superstar. Like he can shake that off. He doesn't have to have the pressure of knowing like, okay, I need to be comparable to Taylor Hall. Like he doesn't have that. So that, that's good. You know, nobody's going to be comparing him to Taylor Hall anymore. That that doesn't matter. So that's, that's good for that. But um, defensively, I don't mind the team, you know, Vince Dunn, they, they, 
based on the players that they have, they, they have a decent top four, uh, good depth on defense as well, but I don't know how they're going to score. I really don't yeah. know how they're going to score. I, I think that they'll, they're likely going to have to play a very structured game. And based on what I've seen from Dave Haxtall, I just don't know if, if uh, that's going to be the case. I think he was brought in there to develop and because he, like, you remember, he's like, a, he's a college guy, right? Like I know he was in Philadelphia, but he really, he was, he came from college program and his bread and butter is development. So he's there to develop. He's, I mean, I'm sure he'd love to win. I, I'm sure he, he's not thinking, oh, I'm, I'm just here to lose and develop players. No, but I, I, I do think that he's there to develop and create a program, you know, create something down the road where they can be good and based on what they have right now. Uh, I think they they look like they're the shiny new toy. So you want them to be good because they're the shiny new toy and Vegas being as good as they were in their first year. There's a lot of expectations that maybe they can pull that off, but I think it's good. They, they could make the playoffs because the division's so bad, but I think that there's other teams with far more talent and they've been together longer. Like Vancouver, their core has been together. Edmonton, their core has been together for a long time. Uh, I mean, LA, their core has been together for a long time. Like I think that there's some better teams that will find their way into the playoffs and you bet your money that only three teams are going to the playoffs from the Pacific division. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing too, right? So, when we talk about teams that have been together for a while, right? When we look at a team like LA, right? We know Deneau and Kopitar, right? Are going to be that number one, number two center, right? San Jose, we know Tomas Hurdle is going to be up there in that top six. Well, yeah, we, we kind of have an idea that we can guess and say, okay, cool. You know, Jaden Schwartz, Everlay, those guys are going to be in the top six. But after that, I couldn't freaking tell you. I mean, maybe Yanni Gordon might be their number one center and he's never played any higher than a number three center in Tampa in his life. So, Right. Who who are you getting right? I mean, maybe Alexander Winberg finds a little bit of his mojo from his Columbus, his first season in Columbus, and maybe he can slide in on that top spot. Who really knows, right? So obviously, you're going to have a lot of guys trying to figure out where they slot. Whereas, like you said, teams that have been together for a while, they kind of know generally where guys are going to play. They know who's the role players, who are the penalty killers, right? With this team, it's all kind of like, okay, well, let's let's figure out who's good at what, what. Yeah. works with what guy and you know see what we can come up with and and it's going to take a while so they're going to come out of the gate and i think either you know they're going to they're going to fall really really hard and and just look really really bad or they're just going to skate by and i think be on thin ice and just barely get by because of you know a decent defense and good goaltending oh yeah they they, they could be a 500 team for a little while i think uh, they've got some decent veterans I, I remember also yanni gord will be out until sometime in november so he's, right. he's definitely out for at least the first month. Uh, could be two months. Could be longer. I mean, it was a shoulder surgery. You just never know what that stuff. Um, could be sooner, but I I just, you know, when I when I look at that, I, I don't think this team's trying to be world beaters. There's no point. They're not going to win the cup. So you might as well just bank on the excitement of this team and acquire some really good assets at the draft and, I think that they could do that. I mean, they they also have some UF like Mark Giordano's a UFA. They could they could flip him. Yeah, absolutely. Guys like Carl Yonkrock, Marcus Johansson, you know, teams will line up to and they'll pay to to get these guys because they're good depth players that a lot of teams would love to have. 
Right, right. I mean, and everybody, you know, how here's here's a good here's here's really, I know everybody's kind of wondering how long will it take Riley Sheehan to score a goal. Oh, I'm glad you said that. That's the big question. Um, Okay, Uh, so I need to go in a couple minutes. So we're gonna we're gonna have a part two of the Pacific Division, Uh, but before we go. Who's the one player on Seattle that you see kind of like people, people don't really know them very well right now. And because of the situation that they've been put in a brand new team, this player is going to have a breakout year. Who's that player? Oh boy. If I had to pick anybody, um, hmm. I think honestly, Vince Dunn might be the guy. Right, because I think he's got an opportunity to play top line minutes, and I think he's kind of been sitting behind most of his career behind, you know, um, you know, Petrangelo, uh, Colton Pareko, yeah. Tory Krug. You know, he's been playing behind these guys the last few years that maybe he hasn't had an opportunity to shine. I think now it's, you know, he has the ability to be a, you know, a 30, 40 point guy, and uh, you know, obviously he's played, you know, in St. Louis where they had a little bit more offensive firepower, but you know, maybe, Hey, you know, he, he gets to play top line minutes now instead of, you know, the number three, four spot. And yeah. maybe he has that opportunity. Yeah. He's a double digit goal scorer, most likely in a full season. And he, I, I think he'll probably put up uh, at least 40, 45 points, maybe more, maybe 50 points, which would be fantastic. Uh, especially since he, you know, he's only at 4 million bucks for the next couple of years. And then he's an R he's an RFA. So he's very protected. Um, my, my pick would be Mason Appleton. He's going to be the guy that, you know, skates under the radar. He had 25 points last year, 12 goals. I think that he is a he's a 25 to 30 goal scorer for this Seattle Ooh. team. He's he's my he's my pick. He'll end up in the top six and likely on the wing. Might play a little center, mostly on the wing, and he is going to earn himself some money. He's an RFA at the end of the year, and uh, and they'll want to get him locked up quick. So my my pick's Mason Appleton and. Jets fans will will weep in their sleep. <laughs> All right, that is our show. We'll we'll do uh, we'll do part two of the Pacific Division next, and uh, let us know what you think of the first half, and let us know you know hey if you have any thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, or the Vegas Golden Knights. Let us know. We'll get it in the next show. Find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. We will talk to you soon.